It's an exciting time to be in oncology. The speed and quantity of new developments are promising for your practice, but it's not always easy for your team to keep pace. Support your cancer care team with Clinical Path, evidence-based pathways embedded in the clinical workflow. With Clinical Path, you can narrow the band of variability with personalized, multidisciplinary support for care decisions and treatment. To learn more, please visit elsevier.com slash clinicalpath. That's E-L-S-E-V-I-E-R dot com slash clinicalpath. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Angela Talton, System Senior Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at City of Hope. Angela, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Laura, thank you so much for this invitation. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about right now. It's a really exciting time in healthcare, and a lot is being done around diversity, inclusion, and, and really health equity, too. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. And thank you so much for this opportunity to just share a little bit about City of Hope's commitment to DEI. Um, I've been with City of Hope for a little bit over two years now, and and I joined um, taking on this role to develop and implement a holistic and integrated vision and strategy for advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I also focus in on measurable accountability throughout the organization. So my team and I, we collaborate with the administrative, clinical, and research teams, and we're ensuring DEI is integral to our operations um, throughout every aspect, be it our recruitment, our leadership development, health equity, community benefit, you name it. Um, I've been in DEI for a little bit over 10 years most recently serving as the Chief Diversity Officer at Nielsen, the market research company. But um, my path to this work has not followed the traditional path. Um, I, I didn't start in HR. My background is actually operations. I've led very large 2,000 plus employee call centers. And you know that's an amazing opportunity to learn about people, what motivates them, how to engage them. But I'll tell you, my day-to-day focus was also on strategy. It was on metrics and providing measurable, impactful outcomes. So I always work to connect the dots of the department's strategic focus to that overarching strategy of the organization. And with City of Hope, you know, that's about curing cancer, but not for a small subset of the population, for, for all patients. Absolutely. I really appreciate you talking about that because I know, you know, it's such an important space to be in and really making sure that you're able to hit patients and and meet them where they're at and and anybody in the community that needs treatment and services being able to provide that for them. So, you know, what's it like to kind of work through, um, you know, so many different situations to touch so many different types of people and how do you make sure you're constantly, uh, filling in the blind spots or, or areas that, you know, you may not have realized in the past, um, you know, really needed additional support. Thank you for that. Um, you know, at, at City of Hope, we know that cancer is not one disease, but hundreds. Every tumor can be different and affect different populations in unique ways. And that's why genomic research, that ability to um, detect the unique thumbprint, right, that unique signature 
and precision medicine, identifying the best treatment options. That's why that's so important at City of Hope. It's actually the cornerstone of what we call our bench to bedside approach to cancer treatment. So connecting that patient DNA to innovations with medicine is the sheer definition of focusing on diversity. It's understanding and embracing differences, right? And then we add that to our focus on ensuring our clinical trials reflect the diversity of the U.S. population and, and people who are disproportionately affected by certain types of tumors. That's connecting the dots to equity and inclusion. So with our DEI strategic focus, connecting that to City of Hope's overarching strategy, we can meet our employees where they are on the DEI learning journey and build awareness while solidifying an understanding of City of Hope's vision, mission, and values. Got it. I think that's so important and definitely something that really makes a difference. Um, and I know a lot of organizations are trying to work through and understand how they can do something as meaningful on a large scale um, as well. So I'm wondering, too, if you could tell us about maybe one of the most exciting and impactful initiatives or projects that you're working on right now, uh, what really stands out to you as being something that um, is unique to City of Hope and, and really uh, a proud spot for you? Well, right now, our focus is to deliver a one City of Hope experience. So as you probably recall, in February of 2022, we completed the acquisition of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And that's really transforming City of Hope into one of the largest national cancer care organizations. You know, this combined organization, we, we serve about 115,000 patients with 11,000 employees in California now, or Arizona, Illinois, and Georgia. And um, so what I'm working on is sharing that DEI strategy, tailoring it, of course, to the local nuances of our new locations, and um, making sure that we are delivering and implementing that strategy. Our, um, our mission is to infuse DEI into the DNA of City of Hope. So with this larger footprint, we're really working on relating DEI to those local programs, initiatives, partnerships, so that we are inclusive of our staff, the patients, their families and caregivers, of course, faculty, students, residents, as well as the community at large, and, and really building a strategy that is, uh, that is sustainable. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I think it's so important to, as you mentioned, just have that um, front of mind in, in building that right type of strategy that is going to um, make a difference. Now, I know there's a lot of challenges out there, whether it's um, just in general economic challenges or in the healthcare space too. What do you see as some of the biggest issues that you're following right now in healthcare, um, whether they're you know roadblocks or drivers of change in any way, shape, or form? I'd just love to hear about some of the things that you really have your eye on today. So um, I'd say it's probably this, uh, this gap in the U.S. between this current era of cancer innovation and the people who need and can actually access those breakthroughs. 
it seems like our industry just needs to close that gap by advancing equity for all patients, not just those who are seeking care at our own centers or with our own medicine. And City of Hope leads a coalition. It's called Cancer Care is Different. And this group is advocating for systemic change to increase underserved populations' access to specialized cancer care. Laura, um, the coalition actually championed the California Cancer Care Equity Act, which was passed into law last year. And its goal is to ensure that all Californians, uh, including those on Medi-Cal, have the right to request treatment at an NCI-designated cancer center where they can enroll in clinical trials and receive some of this uh, leading-edge treatment. And, and, you know, just to share a few stats, you know, despite having the highest rates of Medi-Cal enrollment um, with African-Americans at 44.3% and Hispanics at 44.9%, 30 of the, 30% of them say that the quality of care that's accessible to them in their area is a barrier to seeking treatment. And, you, you know, patients insured by Medi-Cal, the ones that are diagnosed with breast, colon, lung, and rectal cancers, they're more likely to be diagnosed at an advanced stage of the disease and have less favorable five-year survival rates. So, you know, this level of advocacy is really important at City of Hope. Absolutely. That's such a great point. And thank you so much for sharing the data to back that up. Uh, it's just fascinating. And um, I'm glad that you mentioned research and uh, innovation too, because I know that it is really an important place where um, a lot of these efforts towards you know, bridging the gap in health equity and health disparities um, really make make a lot of work and make a lot of headway. Um, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the most important thing that healthcare executives can do now to make sure that they're setting themselves up for success in the future, especially with that health equity and diversity, equity, inclusion lens. I think that's something that so many organizations are really trying to focus on in the next year and would love from your perspective, some of the um, you know, really important key things that leaders should do with an eye on the future. Thank you, Laura. Um, I am going to have to give you three things though, but I will prioritize them. Um, Thing one is uh, leading by example. And, you know, what I'd say is my CEO, Robert Stone, he demonstrates this quality so incredibly well. Um, you know, he speaks to the importance of diversity in terms of our staff as well. 40% of patients are more likely to follow the treatment of a clinical team that represents their diverse community. So, so representation also is important and hiring from a diverse slate of candidates is something that we really try to focus on. And I'm pleased that recently at our senior most ranks, we've hired Phil O'Cala as our system president, Joanna Skaza Haig as our chief business officer and Dr. John Carpton as our new director of the Comprehensive Cancer Center and our chief scientific officer. Priority two, I think, should be sustainability, really building initiatives to last. 
not just for a headline. And, you know, really focusing in on that health equity piece, as, as you mentioned. So, you know, I, I think it's not just about, you know, that old adage about giving you food or teaching you to fish. I think it's important, like supporting HBCUs and MSIs. It's important to, fo- to support them financially, yes, but also with scholarships and fellowships and internships that are going to lead to employment. I think that's important. And then three is infusing DEI into every part of the day-to-day operations. So it can't just be a focus during a crisis or civil unrest. It's, it's imperative that DEI strategies are holistic and um, that there's this conscious focus on inclusion from hiring to clinical trial participation. It is important to respect and reflect differences. That's so critical and definitely something that I know, you know, is important to bake into your culture, as you mentioned. And, you know, when you think about um, making sure that people are thinking through how um, important it is to keep diversity, equity, and inclusion in mind in every action that they're taking and policy that they're making, you know, where do you start with that? How do you really begin an organization that maybe has never even had a DEI policy in the past or let alone a department? Where do you begin to, to try to infuse that within the whole uh, team and everybody um, in the decisions they're making on a daily basis? Thank you. I, I'll tell you, part of our implementation roadmap, um, it includes a focus on building awareness. And we do that with interactive scenario-based training that we actually have co-created with our vendor, the Kaleidoscope Group. And this training is designed to not only expand knowledge about things like conscious inclusion and other DEI tenants, but It's to demonstrate what actions and behaviors are needed to create a more consciously inclusive city of hope. And so, you know, as we practice these consciously inclusive actions and behaviors, what we're seeing is a cultural transformation. And it's an impact that can be measured. Right now, we're measuring it one way is with our employee engagement survey. And we're seeing year-over-year improvement across the entire system, um, and especially with questions related to relationship with my manager or with my coworkers or that patient experience. And um, also from a patient perspective, one of the things that we focus in on is increasing the diversity of our clinical trials. And we make this a point to ensure that we talk about it throughout the organization that we want our trials to be representative of the U.S. population. And, you know, just last year, our demographics, particularly for the Hispanic Latinx populations, um, not only on par, but the national average at 27.8%. And with Black African Americans, it's uh, it's uh, 6%. So, you know, th- these are areas that are critically important to us to demonstrate and to communicate about with our staff and to make sure that that commitment to DEI is something that we, uh, that we, that we celebrate at City of Hope. Absolutely. I love that. Angela, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and informative discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. I really appreciate this opportunity.